Welcome to the Business with Beers podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs turn their business income into passive income. I am your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur who's on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. I'm going to show you how to create generational wealth by growing your business and breaking the chains of Wall Street investing. Remember, you need to take the actions that others won't to live the life that others don't. This is a short solo episode in which I highlight some gold nuggets from a recent guest, talk about how I'm going to apply that advice in my own life, and provide some updates on my personal business and investing journey. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get new show alerts. This past week, I had Adam Jason on the show from The Legacy Group, which is an investment firm that specializes in Columbia-based companies. One of those companies is the Green Coffee Company that I've personally invested in. Adam goes into some detail on what makes Columbia such a great place to invest due to the amount of talented people that live there and the lack of access to capital. So their plan is to bring in capital from the U.S., invest in technology, invest in real estate, roll up smaller companies, eventually expand into the U.S., create a brand, and hopefully exit through an IPO. You know, investing into a coffee company is by far one of the most diversified investments that I've made up to this point. And I thought that would be a great lead in into my thoughts on wealth diversification. In business, diversification is a key strategy. A business starts with one or two core products, but as they grow and scale, they need to diversify. They get into multiple products and services. They open up new locations. They expand into new markets, maybe even go into different industries. And the key to diversification is to diversify, but don't dilute. If you spread your business out too thin, you lose core focus and profits suffer. On the wealth side, most people have minimal diversification. If you follow traditional investing advice, you have three asset classes, cash, stocks, and bonds. And while your financial advisor will tell you you're diversified, at the end of the day, you're still exposed to the market risk. Majority of stocks move in correlation together, both up and down. It's because they're grouped in mutual funds, index funds, EFTs. Think about all the uncertainty right now in the market. We got Russia, you got Ukraine, we got the Fed increasing rates, we got inflation, we got this looming threat of COVID. If 100% of your investment and your wealth is tied up in the stock market, you got to be willing to weather those storms and ride those waves. For me, I like to take control of my wealth. I personally... You know, I want control, I want predictability, and I want multiple streams of income. That is how you create resilient wealth. Someone with one stream has a lot more to lose than someone with a hundred income streams. And so think of wealth as these building blocks and you want to stack them. And each time you stack a block, your wealth gets stronger and more resistant. And so through private investing, you can diversify among various industries, asset classes, geographic locations, operators, and more. So first, let's look at industries. You can invest in real estate, get private equity, oil and gas pipelines, hard money lending, cryptocurrency, or even commodities like a coffee company. But then within an industry, say, hey, I want to invest in real estate, you can diversify further among an asset class, single family, multifamily, self-storage, office, industrial, mobile home parks, retail. You could also invest into assets based on geographical location. You can, if you want high growth markets, I'm thinking Austin, South Florida, Charlotte, Charleston, or you can invest in stable markets that maybe are a little bit more predictable and they, they grow slower, but predictable, right? Louisville, Indiana, Dallas. So 
pick what you want, right? Real estate, multifamily, high growth, real estate, single family, stable. You can mix and match to create this diversified portfolio. You also invest with different operators. So the people who actually run the business that you're investing with. For example, for me, I've got four different multifamily operators and two different self-storage operators across the country in different asset classes and different geographic locations. And with every income stream, with every block, it's key that you analyze it. And each one, while similar in their characteristics, is unique in the details. And as you develop this plan to stack these blocks, build your wealth, you want to assess four factors, risk, return, time, and turn. All right. Number one, risk. So what is the risk of losing capital? The number one goal of investing is to never lose money. Loss of capital destroys any progress you've made through compounding and can set you back years. The risk of an investment can be broken up into really two categories, the risk of the asset and then the risk of the operator. Looking at the asset, you got to really understand the underlying collateral that's behind the investment. An investment backed by a hard asset, such as real estate, is more secure than investment backed by a soft asset, which would be contracts, intellectual property, relationships. Your real estate can go through boom and bust cycles, but it's never going to go to zero. Even if you purchased a property at the top of the market and it lost 40% in value, if you hold on long enough, the value will recover. You know, people always need a place to live. People are going to pay rent. They aren't making any new land these days. Investing in the stock market, you're you're actually purchasing a soft asset. It's a piece of paper. And yes, there's a company behind the paper who owns the hard assets, such as a building, land, equipment, machinery. But the value of the paper, the, the stock price, is based on the expectations of performance. A company could release an earnings report saying that they had a record year. But the price could go down if analysts thought that the profits should have been higher, right? It's just, it's crazy to think of me to me, a company with record results could have a reduction in value, all based on expectations. And what about a stock that you purchase at the height of the market and it drops 50%? You could hold on to it, hoping for a rally, but it's also possible that that stock could continue to drop if something is fundamentally wrong. It could even go out of business or get acquired by another company for pennies on the dollar. Think about anybody who owned Enron stock back in the day. They thought it was going to recover and it never did. The second thing I look at when I'm assessing risk is the operator. You know, the the success of an investment is highly dependent on the team or the individual who manages the asset. A great operator can make money on a bad deal and a bad operator can lose money on a great deal. So the better job that you can do assessing the operator, the better job you will do managing risk. And if you are an entrepreneur, if you run a business, if you lead a team, you already have a great skill of analyzing people, interviewing people, seeing who's got skills and who's doesn't. And so when I'm looking at an operator, I'm vetting a few things. First of all, I want to know and like them. Do they seem sincere in wanting to help me? Do they value me as an investor? Can I call them? Can I text them? Can I email them with questions? Do do they want to really help me, right? Or am I just like a number, another guy? Do I have to get, are there multiple layers of investor relations before you can speak to the person who's actually running the show? The second thing I look at is trust. You know, I got to know, like, and trust them. For trust, you know, it takes time to build, first of all. Uh, I look at experience, how much 
uh, experience do they have? How many deals have they successfully completed? I look at their team. So what does their team look like? What's their experience of their team? How much have they personally invested into the deal? Do they have their friends and family's money into this thing? Or is it 100% investor money and they've got no skin in the game? I also want to talk to referrals. So who are other people who've invested with them? Uh, what was the experience like? Did it meet the expectations? You know, are they going to repeat their investment? Those are all things you can do to start vetting it. And the good news is that the hunt for a great operator comes to a stop once you find a solid group of people who have consistent deal flow. You don't need a hundred operators. You need to find five to eight that you really get to know, like, and trust. And as long as each one of them can pitch you on three or four deals a year, you're going to have plenty of opportunities uh, and things to invest in. The second thing I look at is return. How much profit do you expect to earn from the asset? What is the frequency of the cash flow? Are you getting distributions monthly, quarterly, annually, three to five, in three to five years? Is there ever a possibility of a negative return in which you all have to put more capital into the deal? There are four metrics that I look at to analyze every deal. Number one, cash on cash. This is how much cash you're getting back in the first 12 months divided by the amount uh, of investment you made. So if you put $50,000 into a deal and you get $5,000 back in the first 12 months, you will have gotten about a 10% cash on cash return. The second thing I look at is an equity multiple. This is the total money returned divided by the total cash invested. So if I put 50,000 into a deal and I get back a hundred grand, right? I have a two X multiple. 100 divided by 50. If I put 50,000 into a deal and I got $75,000 in, in total return, I got a one and a half multiple, right? 50,000 times one and a half times 75,000. You do need to take time into account when comparing equity multiples. A deal uh, that is three may sound better than a deal that is a 1.5, but that if that three times your money takes eight years, it's not as good as a 1.5 in two years. The next thing I look at is the average annual return. So this does take some time into account where we're looking at the total percentage return divided by the investment. So for example, that $50,000 investment, it returned a hundred grand. Of the 100 I got back, 50 is the initial investment, and then 50 of it is profit. So 50K over profit divided by my 50K investment is 100% return. And if that took five years, 100% divided by five, I got a 20% average annual return. And the final one is what's called the internal rate of return. This is a little bit more complicated of a formula. It's basically the average annual return, but it takes the time value of money into account. And so it allows you to compare multiple projects over have different lengths of time, three years, five years, 10 years. And as the saying goes, a dollar uh, today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow, especially when inflation is going crazy. And an IRR takes that into account, like when you're getting your money back. And the more money you get back quicker, the better uh, return you're going to have. So that's the key one to look at really is IRR. It's kind of a complicated formula. Usually use an Excel to, to figure it out. Or, you know, the deal you're investing in will tell you what the IRR is. But but that's the key metric that kind of levels the playing field between multiple projects that you're looking at. The third thing I look at is how much of the investment's success is based on my personal time. 
you know, you deserve a bigger return based on the amount of time you have to personally invest. Someone who starts and operates a business should earn more than somebody who's just a financial partner and its only responsibility is writing a check. Someone who is good at day trading stocks should earn a lot more than someone who just auto invests into index funds. Your time commitment is a huge factor in designing your lifestyle. And as an entrepreneur who's actively running you know, multiple businesses, I want passive income from low time commitments. I invest into assets that are operated by another entrepreneur who is dedicated the majority of his time to make it a success. So if you're building a multi-million dollar business, do you really want to deal with BS issues at rental properties that produce $200 a month? Personally, I don't. I want to keep it simple. I ditch the high time commitment assets and exchange them for low time commitment assets. The final thing we look at is turn. So this is how long is your capital locked up for? What is the investment horizon? And when will it be returned to you so you can turn it again and acquire a new asset? Liquidity is one of the scariest parts of private investing for new investors. With stocks and bonds, you can sell and receive cash within a few days, but the majority of private investments, it's not the case. Your capital is tied up until the operator decides to refinance or sell the asset. Most deals, three to five years time range, you know, you can choose to invest in some deals that lock it up further. Some of them are 10 years. There's other deals that are going to look to refinance after 18 months, 24 months. But once again, not your choice. It's totally up to the operator. So how do you go about balancing, locking up capital at years at a time? The key is to stagger your investments. So if you're consistently investing every year, after the ramp-up period, you'll start to receive turns, which is your return of capital plus the profits every year. And then you redeploy the capital into a new investment that'll marinate for another three to five years. So let's say it's a five-year period, right? If you invest in year one, two, three, four, and five, so you made you know five investments, and then year six now, you are going to get back, hopefully, your money from year, your, year one, and now you have a turn. Year seven, you're going to get paid back from year two, year eight, you're going to get back from year three, right? And if, as long as you continue to, to keep that pattern where every year you're investing after the ramp up period, every year you're getting money back, you really will start to get flow. You'll start to build your wealth. You'll start to really build your, your passive income, which is the goal of all of this. What are my target returns that I'm looking for? Well, it really depends on the four factors, right? I'm willing to accept a lower return on investment that has low risk, no time involved, and will turn the capital you know, relatively quickly. I don't want to tie up my capital for years on a crappy investment that will require a high degree of my time. So if I'm going to invest in a typical value-add apartment syndication with normal risk, zero time involved, you know, three or five year hold time. I want I want some I want some return on my cash, seven or eight percent. Um, I'm looking at an equity multiple about two to two x, with an IRR of somewhere around seventeen to twenty percent, which basically means I'm going to get a seventeen to twenty percent return on my money. Which you know the the stock market over the years averages what eight to ten on average over the long term. You know a lot of these deals you can get double that. With a new construction ap- apartment deal, you know, there's a higher degree of risk, uh, varying factors, 
material, labor, permitting, I'm going to expect on a higher risk investment that I'm going to get a higher multiple, somewhere around three times my money on, on those. And in the coffee business, you know, definitely a higher risk than apartments due to all the variables, scaling a business, people oriented, weather dependent. Uh, but the returns should be extremely high if they can complete the plan and execute. So I'm looking forward to that. If you want to learn more about building wealth and passive income through private investments, drop me an email, brian at beerspodcast.com. I'm in the pre-launch stage of a coaching program to teach other accredited investors on how to capitalize on these amazing opportunities. You know, we're just scratching the surface here of everything there is to learn. And that's all I got for this week with Business with Beers. One of the things that would really help both of us and other new potential listeners is if you could rate the show and leave me a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen, and make sure to link Link up with me on your preferred social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find all my links at brianbeers.com. And please just share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember to take the actions others won't, and you can live the life that others don't. <laughs>